you are locked in to Locked on Badgers. My name is Asher Lowe. I'm the sports director at WSUM 91.7 FM Madison. This is a Tuesday morning. This is Locked on Badgers every single day of the week coming at you for Wisconsin basketball, especially, of course, this time of year, Wisconsin basketball, but also, of course, Wisconsin football. Getting back to some football talk today as well at the end of the show. I am the sports director at WSUM, as I mentioned, but also I am a contributor at BadgerBlitz.com and a contributor at Badgers Wire. Very excited to announce that I will be contributing at USA Today's Badgers Wire site. And yeah, I'm just very excited to get started there. Definitely check it out. Check out their their content. Awesome stuff I'm doing for them. It's basically all basketball. So we be writing about basketball, writing on the beat for this Badger basketball team for the rest of the year. Uh, of course, we're late in the season. So going to get on and get as much as I can out in March for you on Badgers Wire. So definitely check that out. Also, I can post a link to my podcast on that website. So that's going to be awesome for the podcast. Make sure you listen to the podcast. You follow it for free on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. And of course, you can play Locked on Badgers on your smart speakers by saying play podcast Locked on Badgers. Today's episode, we're talking best case scenario here for Wisconsin basketball with the rest of the year. What happens in terms of tournament seeding if this team wins out, wins the last two games and wins a game maybe even two games in the Big Ten tournament. What what are we looking at right now in terms of seeding and why it's so ridiculous that we're in the position we're in right now in terms of seeding? I'll get to that in a sec. Also, I want to talk about combine numbers. Zach Bond, JT, Cephas. Interesting stories from the combine with all three of those guys. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Right now, best case scenario for Wisconsin basketball left of the year, of course, is to take care of business at home against Northwestern. We all expect them to do that. And they're going to do that. I'll preview that game on tomorrow's episode. But it's senior night. The emotions will be there. I would be shocked if that game is at all close. But oh, by the way, this Wisconsin team, it means it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Zero. Like, I, like nothing annoys me more than the amount of stock that is put into this. But hey, Wisconsin basketball is ranked in the top 25. Badgers coming in at number 24, their first ranking of the season. And they're now ranked ahead of Michigan. They join Big Ten teams that are ranked Maryland, Michigan State. I believe Illinois is ranked. Yes, they are. They're number 23 in the country. Ohio State, number 19. Michigan, of course, as I mentioned, at 25. Penn State is coming in at 20. So Big Ten teams ranked all over the place in the top 25 for the AP poll. Wisconsin's number 24 in the country, and that won't change on Wednesday night against Northwestern. So let's say they win that game. You look ahead at Indiana on Saturday, which is going to be tough, no doubt about it. In fact, I I would say Wisconsin and Vegas probably won't be favored in that game. I would guess like Indiana minus two, minus three, nearly a pick 'em, but give Indiana a couple points at home. Just the way Wisconsin's playing, you can't imagine that they're that much of a dog against the Hoosiers, even on the road at Assembly Hall. But hey. Let's say this team wins that game. Let's say this team wins both of the remaining games in the season, finishes the year on what would be an eight-game winning streak. We are staring, Badger fans, we are staring a four-seed in the face. In fact, I'm shocked to say this, but Joe Lenardi on his bracket, I believe it came out, yeah, it came out on Monday, Monday morning, had Wisconsin as his 16th overall seed, a.k.a. the last four-seed. I cannot believe we're in that territory. We are talking about a team that was 5-5 five and five coming off of losses to Richmond and good old New Mexico. 
And we are not talking about, oh, are we a four seed? Are we a five seed? Are we? A... These are great problems. Like, I, I love this conversation. I don't love the, what do we have to do to make the tournament conversation? I love the, maybe we're a four, maybe we're a five. Maybe if we really struggle, we're a six. That's, this is, this is an amazing place to be right now. So let's say Wisconsin gets a four seed, which I think they'd have to win two games. They'd have to win Northwestern. They'd have to win against Northwestern. They'd have to win against Indiana. But they'd also have to win a game at the Big Ten Tournament. And if they won both of those games, talking about, of course, Northwestern and Indiana, they would have the double bye at the Big Ten Tournament, meaning they advance automatically to the quarterfinals, which means that they win one game, then the semis. So I think three straight wins and then a loss in the semis would get Wisconsin a four seed. You're talking about going... 9-1 Nine and one in your last ten games in the Big Ten Conference against all Big Ten opponents—that is essentially unheard of this year in terms of a run of ten games in the Big Ten. Maryland did it, something close to it, but still, I mean, nine and one in ten Big Ten games is a ridiculous stat, and Wisconsin is very, very close to doing it. So this team gets a four seed. Like I said, second weekend has to be the goal. Sweet Sixteen has to be the goal. What like what is this team's ceiling? Because I don't know if we've seen it yet. I mean, we've just seen them improve and improve and improve. And they won the Minnesota game. I want, I want this to be clear, right? Against Michigan on the road, that was to me a less impressive win in some ways than the Minnesota game. And I only say that, not in terms of expectations, in terms of how tough the game was. Michigan's a better team than Minnesota. On the road, obviously, infinitely tougher than playing at the Kohl Center where this team is 13-1. and one. I say that because of the way Wisconsin played. The Badgers didn't play well against the Gophers for about 25 minutes of that game. They had good stretches, but they were really good for 40 minutes against Michigan, and they deserved to win. Against Minnesota in the last six minutes, they weren't very good. Last 12 minutes, they weren't very good. They made winning clutch plays, and they made plays that great teams make, where you win a game, you know you're a really good team when you win a game and you don't play your best, when you don't shoot well from the line, when you don't shoot well from the three-point line, when things aren't bouncing your way, when a player is going off like Daniel Oturu was, when you know, when, when, when things aren't going to script and you can still find a way, especially down the stretch, to win a game like that, that to me is as impressive as any win this year for Wisconsin based on how they played because that's the sign of a good team. And that's a sign of, more importantly, a team that can win in March. A team that can find a way, when not at their best, to beat a team that they should probably beat. And that's who Wisconsin will play in the first round, a team that they should probably beat. Whether the six seed, whether the four seed, they'll play a team that we will expect them to beat. Unless, of course, you get an organ like last year. Last year's draw was terrible. Like, let's just talk about that for a sec. They got This team got a 12 seed in Oregon that preseason had huge expectations had tons of talent had injury deal dealings and had to win the pac-12 tournament to get in which is why they were a 12 seed the draw matters like a ton there's a lot of luck in this tournament and one of the ways you can get luck is with the draw wisconsin got one of the worst draws ever last year a 12 seeded oregon team that yeah no basically a very similar team in some ways more talented last year than this year and this year, they're going to be a top four seed. So, or actually, they're dropping now, but they were a really, really highly ranked team earlier in the year. My point being, the draw matters, but if you're at four, you're going to get a team 
that is likely a conference tournament winner of that is a conference tournament winner, not likely that is a conference tournament winner of a small conference. Yes, they're going to be a very good team, very good mid major, but it's a game Wisconsin has to win. If you get a six seed, then you're looking at a power five. So that that matters in terms of the f- the four versus the six. Absolutely matters because you can get a lot more screwed with the six than you can with the four in terms of a matchup. The five seed as well. We just saw it last year, like I said. So hopefully there's no organs in the in the 12 seed range because that was ridiculous. But this team can be a four seed with literally, in my opinion, three wins. That's the magic number. They win three games, two in the regular season, one in the tournament. That to me is a four seed right there. This team has eight quad one wins. They would have nine, I believe. I think Indiana on the road is probably a quad one win, so that would probably be nine. And a Big Ten tournament win on neutral floor is probably 10. This team is looking at 10 quad one wins if they win three games in a row. If that's not a four seed, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what is. So they deserve it. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Switching gears real quick, I want to talk a little NFL Combine. I do think the Combine is a little bit of just showiness in ways. You know, I mean, it's sort of like the news media in that we get – it's like what the news media is, right? It's like we get these little snippets of five, ten seconds or one stat, and it kind of just shapes a narrative. So – Probably the most interesting story to me from Wisconsin at the Combine was Quintess Cephas. And it's because of the inconsistency you see in his numbers. Decided, of course, to go out as a junior. He had a year he could have stayed, could have stayed. Decided to go out early. Totally respected that decision. I think he's ready. We saw it on the field. He showed, like, speed throughout the year. I mean, he ran by Minnesota's defense in between two gopher defenders for a touchdown in that game. In the battle for the axe, he showed speed throughout the year, but his running form is what I was reading online. Just like wasn't from like some guys that thought they were track coaches, I guess, were saying that his running form was just not good at the 40 because Quintess Cephas ran a very, very slow 40 at 473. And oh, by the way, the other two batters that I wanted to highlight, Zach Bond and JT, JT ran it in 439. Crazy. Under four. 40 for a guy that's basically supposed to be a supposed to be. He's not. We know he's not. We know he's everything. But he's supposed to be a power back at his size and strength. But he ran a 4.39. Zach Bond, big linebacker, ran a 4.65. And Cephas ran a 4.74. So Quintez had the best bench press reps, a 38 and a half inch vertical, but was really slow. And that's going to hurt him. But the 40 is not the Bible. Like, this does not decide who's a good receiver and who's not. John Ross ran the fastest 40 in the history of the combine, and the guy 
yeah, isn't the best receiver in the league. Let's put it that way. Quintez is going to be fine. And if you're a Packer fan, you want him. 100%. He's a, in my opinion, future NFL number one. I really believe that. There, there was a time I said he'd be the best pro on the team. I still think Jonathan Taylor is going to be a great pro. I think the combine is only helping JT's draft stock. I think he's moving into the late first round. I would not be surprised to see Jonathan Taylor off the board in the late 20s, and I wouldn't have probably said that a month ago, but the fast 40 time for him and who he is as a person, like I think you see that in the combine with the interviews. We know who he is. He is a mensch, as they say. He is a great dude, and that helps in this process because not everyone has the head on their shoulders that JT does. Not everyone is as grounded as JT is. He is a teammate to the max. He's a teammate I want in the locker room. And I got that just from talking to him over the year of the football season, listening to his interviews, being in there in that media room when he was talking. And you just get the sense that he's a guy you'd want in your locker room. But let's not talk about just his locker room ability. Let's talk about his on the field ability. He's speed. He's power. His pass catching can still improve. It improved a lot from year to year, though, as we saw from sophomore to junior. He wasn't really a threat in the passing game sophomore year. In junior year, he made that a point in spring ball and fall camp and turned that around. So JT runs a 4-3-9. He is powerful as heck. He's a first-round pick to me, end of the first round. Zach Bond, his speed... I mean, off the charts. Watching him run that 40 was impressive for a linebacker. He's going to be a great pro. He might be the best pro, honestly, of the Badger group right now because he's the most ready to me to just step in and ball. Like he is going to, there's no learning curve for him. He is ready. And while I'm at it, let's talk about Chris Orr, not invited to the combine. Are you kidding me? A guy that's been disrespected his whole career. He talked to me. I did an interview with him over the, over the uh, football season. And he told me, coming out of high school, you know, nobody gave me love. I went to Wisconsin because they gave me love, but nobody really gave me love in this process. I was a low recruit. I was too slow. I was too small. And I defied the haters every single time. Also, his brother's an NFL player. You know, he has it in his DNA. Chris Orr is a stud. And probably the greatest guy I've ever talked to in terms of an interview. No better interview in football than Chris Orr. So I want him in the league. And he deserved to be at the Combine, and it's a shame that he wasn't. Wisconsin basketball. We'll see what tournament site they're headed to. Spokane, Tampa, Omaha, all in the realm of possibility. Next year creates a big, big issue a little bit for Wisconsin in terms of depth. With senior night coming up, we all of a sudden realized that Wisconsin's losing one significant piece. They're losing Brevin Pritzel. Nobody else in the rotation is leaving. Next year, this team has the potential to be like scary good, but Greg Gard has a real challenge on his hands of making this puzzle work. And we're going to get into this more obviously in the offseason, but I want to just touch on it now because senior night kind of brought back my memory of like, wait, only Brevin Pritzel is leaving this team in terms of rotation players. So you're talking... Everyone staying for Wisconsin. Everyone, basically their entire scoring, which no other Big Ten team besides probably Illinois, 
assuming those guys don't go to the NBA, Kofi Coburn and Iodasumu, no other Big Ten team is going to retain the talent that Wisconsin does. But the talent coming in, oh boy. Ben Carlson, four-star guy. ESPN Top 100 guy from Woodbury, Minnesota. The Davis brothers, especially Jonathan Davis, who is going to be... Jonathan Davis could be the best player on this team already next year. I, I firmly... He is that good. Like, I... Like, I am so in on Jonathan Davis, I don't even know how else to say it. Like, he he's the dude. He is that dude when I've watched him. He's like, he's an NBA type of basketball player. His size, his length, his athletic ability, his shooting, he's smooth. He's silky smooth. Reminds me a lot of a guy I played with in high school named Johnny Juzang, who right now plays at Kentucky. They have very similar builds. They remind me of a lot of each other on tape. And Johnny's an incredible player. And if Jonathan Davis is similar to Johnny Juzang, look out. So, Lauren Bowman. So, I mean, Greg Gard's going to have an interesting puzzle on his hands to figure this thing out. We got a lot of interesting battles coming up in Wisconsin football and basketball over who's going to play. And this basketball team is going to have 12 guys that could legitimately play. Right? Or 11 guys that could legitimately step in and play. So, you'll see some red shirts. And you'll see some guys take minimal roles, but I don't think you'll see an eight-man rotation. Just a just a purely eight-man. I, I think we'll see more of a 10-man rotation next year. And we'll see how Greg Gard handles it. Could we see a platoon system? We'll see. But the thing about Greg Gard is that he's adapted to his personnel extremely well. So I have faith that Greg Gard can adapt to this situation. And once again, like I was talking about with the tournament seating, this is the problem you want to have. This is a luxury type of problem. Right, this is not fighting for scraps. This is we have too many good things going on. How are we going to mash them all together? That's what this is next year for Wisconsin basketball, and I'm excited. As always, on Wisconsin, every day of the week, Locked On Badgers coming at you on all your podcast platforms. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Badgers. Follow me on Twitter at a l o w underscore thirty three. I can't wait to get started at Badgers Wire. So tune into some articles. Give give us some clicks on that on Wisconsin.